0: He gave us a song, amen, brothers and sisters. Praise God for a great and awesome God that we serve. I'm so glad to be here this morning with everybody. We had a great retreat weekend. Uh, Thank you, Tim, Kenya, for inviting us to be along with you for this weekend with the youth, along with Mike and Intachi. Praise God for our youth. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, I told in our adult class this morning, the youth were very good, very well behaved during the whole time that we were at the youth retreat. Raising their hands, volunteering when anything needs to be done or when during the classes, asking questions. Also, when anything needs to be done, saying, yes, I'll do it without any complaints as well. Praise God. Praise God for the youth and God continue praying for them. Their theme this weekend was tearing down the walls, tearing down the barriers between us and God, between us and our church family, and also between us and the world as well. But I want you to know this morning that there's something I was been thinking about, and we thought about it this last at the end of last year. Tim said we could talk about the birth of Jesus any Well, I'm not going to talk about them all of the time this morning, but I want to start with this passage in Micah chapter five. It says this here: "But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from of ancient times." You'll find that in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. And Micah, as he's writing this letter, as he's writing to a people of Israel, the people of God who had been defeated by the Assyrians, and then also here in a little bit, they'll be defeated by the Babylonians. And in this time here, he's going to be writing this letter to them and wanting to give them hope. And it's awesome to know and to think that when we see of Jesus and when when we think of the wise men who had came and. Talk to Herod and them. they go to these verses to say, where is the Messiah? Where is the king that's supposed to be born? And they look and they see this passage in Micah, which was just written just a little bit before time. No, 700 years plus before Jesus came on this earth, this was prophesied. And said that he would come from the town of Bethlehem and whose origins are from old, from ancient times. What an awesome fact and glory that we know that Jesus the Christ has come. Amen. The Son of God has come and He has given us life. And as Micah is writing his letter to the people of Israel at that time, he's telling them, God comes in judgment, but also God is coming in mercy. And when we hear of God lots of times, we hear that God is just because He is just, but we also hear that God is merciful. Well, how is God just and how is God merciful? And most of all, how am I supposed to translate that into my life? How am I supposed to be just and how am I supposed to be merciful? And Mike is going to start telling us and talking about that a little bit. And we're going to look in the book of James this morning as well to understand what God requires of us. Understand what God wants from us. So that we can be the children of God that he desires. The children of God that can go out and tell the other people about the Christ that we serve. The children of God who says we're not going to bring up any barriers between ourselves. And the children of God who are the light of the world as well. Now if we go on into Matthew chapter 6. Micah chapter six, and this is the verse that we'll be looking at today. And as you see it on the screen, when I gave uh, Jamie his screen this morning, I gave him three blank sheets, okay? And he said, well, thank you, Mark, that helps a whole lot. I said, don't worry, you're going to reveal one, each one at a time. But as it says in Micah chapter six, for us just to read this verse this morning, Micah is a prophet and his name even means who is God like Jehovah. Oh God, there is no God like you. Amen. Oh God of Israel. You know, we've seen that song. There is no God like Jehovah. There is no God like Jehovah. Because there is no God like our God. And Micah, his name even reflects that. As we read here in the book of Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. And he says this. He has shown you, O Israel, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly. And to love mercy and to hum- humbly walk with our God. Three things that Micah tells us that we can even do as of today as well. Those three things that he requires of us now that we know that the Lord is good. As we just sang, man, I got fired up singing that song. He gave me a song to sing about. Ooh, That's a good song. I believe Tristan was fired up this morning here magnificent as we sing that as well as all of us together this morning. But God in his wisdom has given us and told us, because he is good. What is our motive for wanting to do the things of God? Because he is good. Because of the things that he has done. Because of the things that he has shown us in his son Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Because he understood what sin had done to us. And it had separated us from God. And the very first thing that he says is that we should act justly. If you look in Romans chapter 6, when we talk about being acting justly, Paul will tell those brothers and sisters in Christ, shall we go on sinning so that Christ, uh, grace may abound? Uh, so that, shall we go on sinning so that grace may abound? And he says, no way, by no means. You were crucified with Christ. You died with Christ. You were buried with him in baptism and raised to newness of life. And then in Romans chapter 6, verses 11, he says, in the same way, You count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Remember earlier, Mike had already said, mortal, I have shown you what is good. And what is good, mortal. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness. But rather, offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Or in other words, to be just. Mike and this weekend and Tachi were talking. And he said the two words that they like to use a lot is what? Instruments, tools. Everything that we have. And Paul in this passage here is saying in all of our being, Lord God, may every single aspect of my life, be it at work, be it with my family, be it with my friends, be it wherever I'm walking, or even, Lord, when I'm with myself, Lord God, every aspect of it, every part of my life bring you glory. That's what God wants That's what God desires. And He's saying to be an instrument of righteousness. It's the same thing as Micah. See, I'm not saying Micah and Micah this morning because he's here. To act justly. To act as men who have been, men and women who have been made righteous through the blood of Christ Jesus because of what He has done on the cross. And so if we want to think about, well, how do I act justly? How do I act righteous in my life? Let's look at the book of James just a little bit, just to get a few ideas of what we understand about acting righteous, acting justly. If we look at James chapter 1, verse 22, it says what? Do not merely listen to the word of God and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. God, help me to look to your word. Help me to read it. And help me to do it. Now, it sounds easy, right? When we think of serve one another. Encourage one another. Pray for one another. Those are the good things. Do not merely look to the word, but do it. Okay, now comes the hard part. Forgive others as you have been forgiven. Be merciful as you have received mercy. Show forgiveness to the one who has done you wrong. Pray for your enemy. All of these things. Lord God, help me to be an instrument of righteousness. Lord God, help me to be in my being, everything that I do, that I have no ulterior motive other than to praise you and then want to to, uh, to to make you holy in my life in all things that I do. And one of the ways that we understand that and one of the ways we want to do that in our lives, and we understand it as we continue to look to Jesus, and we understand Jesus in his word in chapter 2, verse 8, he says, if you really keep the royal law of the scriptures, love your neighbors as yourself. Love doing, you are doing right. Love doing what, what is right. It's one of the easiest things that we can think of. To know of is to act justly, to act righteously in the presence of our God. And if we really want to think about it, we need to, uh, to understand the two greatest commandments. Love God and love your neighbor. Look to your neighbor. And as we look to our neighbor, as we think of him, what does he say in chapter one and chapter two of James also? One of the ways that we act justly with all people is that we do not show partiality. Lord God, help me to love Marty. Help me to love Charlie. Help me to love Mr. Dean Tappero that's here this morning. Help them to know that I love them with the love that you have given us. With a sincere heart, a loving heart. Lord God, help me to understand and show love. And Lord God, help me. To not show discrimination or prejudice from one or another. Lord God, help me to love my neighbor as myself. How do I want to be treated? How would I want to be treated? Lord God, help me to think of others in all the things that I'm doing. Lord God, if somebody walks into here, may I greet them and say, I'm glad that you're here. No matter what they look like or what they have on, but simply because they are God's creation. God's people. God called us to love. He called us to make a difference. He called us to be different than this world. As uh, that was said this weekend, I know Jamie has talked before, and they've heard about this preacher who was going to a congregation to work for the first time, and as he went there, he went there, and nobody knew who he was going to be, so he went there and he dressed in rags, and he dressed kind of as filthy, a little bit poor-looking and as he walked into the state and walked into the auditorium, he walked and sat up close to the front. And one of the persons came and said, sir, would you please move to the back? We're going to be having our new preacher here today. And then as they got ready to start to introduce the new, say, we haven't seen the new preacher yet. He stands up and said, you know what? That's me. And then what did he say? Look, I came and sat down and nobody talked to me. Nobody offered me anything. What did Jesus say when he was talking to those when he says, I never knew you? When were were you hungry? When were you thirsty? When were you in prison? Act justly. Love orphans. Love widows in their distress. Pure and undefined religion, as Jesus would say. Looking for those who are in those moments and letting them know that they are loved. You know the one thing that people crave is to know that they are loved by someone. And we can show them the love of Christ. Not by only telling them, but by being Christ for them in our lives. By the very things that we do, we will show Christ or not. I know one retreat, a youth retreat in Tennessee that we had gone to, the man who was speaking there, he said, well, you know what? Give me about... Six months beforehand, I'm not going to take a shower, not going to shave, and I'm going to be really good in smelling by the time of six months up of doing that. Now, I wouldn't have want, not have wanted to be his wife during that time, okay? Can you imagine your spouse six months going without any of it, okay? Some of you are going like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, I don't want to know who he is. okay? But can you imagine going that much time? And then they had the buses go off at different times, 30-minute increments, And as they would go, they would pick up this guy on the road and he would sit in the bus with them for about 10 minutes and they would drop him off and go to the next place. And then the next band would come and pick him up until they get to the retreat place. And then as the retreat place is getting ready to come, he doesn't stay with the people. Then he goes in his own car and he goes up to the retreat place. And they say, we want to introduce our speaker this evening. And here he is walking in with all that clothes on and things. And people are looking at him like, Well, isn't this the guy who was on our bus? And he said, yes. And he said, you know, while I was on the bus, somebody looked at me like this. Somebody said, thank you to me. Hello. It's not always bad, amen? Sometimes we always want to talk about the bad part. No, there's good parts too, okay? Very good parts. But he's making the idea and the thought that is how are we going to react with those in the world How are the world are we going to show something different than this world offers saying that you need to act and be a different way or or a certain way to be to be famous or to be allowed or to be loved and just be loved for who you are because God loved you and made you the way you are. And he wants you to know that you are loved beyond measure. Not only love your neighbor as yourself, but as he says here and he says in his word when James is talking to the people of God He said you want to know if your acts of righteousness are doing right or not He says what he says some will say you have faith and I have deeds in chapter 2 verse 18 He says show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds Will people see by my deeds who I serve? Well, they see that I serve God or serve Satan, serve the light or serve the darkness, serve the king of kings or the one who has been defeated. God, may all the works that I do not be to me glorifying myself or who I am, but as just as Jesus says, when he says that you are the light of the world, may men so see your good works and good deeds that they glorify your father who is in heaven You know, the uh, the very fact of acting justly, acting righteously before God is because others are looking at us. And we want them to bring praise to God. We want them to bring glory to God as well. May God see, may they see, Lord, may they see Christ in us. May they see the love that he had for us in him as well. And not only that, but not even taking advantage of people. He says in James, don't grumble, don't slander one another. And he says in the end, above all my brothers and sisters, don't swear. Not by heaven or by earth, by anything else. And all you need to say is a simple yes or no. Isn't that good? Just a simple yes or no. Have you ever done, and I've done this before, my goodness, somebody asks me something, I don't give a yes or no. Well, you know, this, 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 this. Okay, if I can just get a simple yes or no, that'd be a whole lot easier. And sometimes you says, Mark, you say way too much. Just say yes or no, okay. You don't have to sell everything under the sun, just say yes or no. Because we want to get to the point, right? Acting justly. Can I this, can kind I of that? Yes or no. Wow, something simple. Something simple. Easy for us to do, but in acting justly, if I say yes, Lord God, help me to, come, to, to do whatever i committed to. If I say no, Lord, let it be no, but God, help me to act just. You know, one of the things that I was reading was talking about this and being just and acting justly in our lives and being justly. It's, it doesn't say in this verse, love justice. It's easy to love justice, isn't it? Have you ever seen anything on TV that you, say, you saw that's unjust? Have you ever saw anybody has done anything that's unjust in their lives? Oh, I love justice. Get them justice. But he says, be just. Be righteous. Okay, Lord, act it. Act justly. If somebody's doing things unjustly, Lord, let me act as someone just. Let me have it to be a part of my life that I'm doing it, Lord, each and every day. And you know what, it's kind of funny, because he says, let us act justly, but as the next part we'll see, and Jamie's going to show for us now, not only does he say, act justly, but he also says, love mercy. In some of your Bibles, it says, love kindness. He doesn't say, be kind here. He says, be just. Act justly. And then here, he doesn't say, love mercy. I mean here he doesn't say act merciful do acts of kindness. He says love mercy Love kindness. What's the difference? Am I called to be kind? Yes, it's one of the fruit of the spirit actually Kindness gentleness self-control. It's there Am I called to be kind? Am I called to do right acts? Yes But do I love it? Do I love mercy? Oh, God, help me to love mercy. Act justly, love mercy. And that means in extending mercy to others. Lord God, help me to extend mercy to others. By the mercy that I've received, do you remember the man, the unmerciful servant, who had received mercy, but when one of his own servants who came and owed just a little bit, owed a little bit of money, Threw him in jail. Why? Because that man had not understood the mercy that he had received. We need to be merciful to one another. Sometimes we don't know what's going on in people's lives. And lots of times we like to judge it more than being merciful. And God has called us to be merciful. In chapter 2, verse 12, when... James is talking also he says speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful Mercy triumphs over judgment Mercy triumphs over judgment And not only does that happen but in James chapter 5 verse 19 and 20 When God is talking to his people he says if you bring one person back to the Lord Showing mercy to him You will not only cover over a multitude of his sins, but of your sins as well. Lord God, help me to love mercy. Help me to love kindness to the point that, Lord God, it doesn't hurt to have to be kind. It doesn't doesn't hurt to extend mercy anymore. Sometimes you and I may have known of people who have had things that happened in their lives And maybe we think, well, they should be acting justly in the wrong way, doing those things, something to that person. There was a missionary couple in Africa with their children over there. And one of their children, while she was over there, got shot by a person. They went to the prison where it was. They prayed for that person. That person then became a child of God. And then they worship at the same place. They extended a mercy. I promise you, that would not have happened if they didn't love mercy. How can we be kind to those who aren't kind? How can we be merciful to those who aren't merciful? God has called us to love mercy, to love Kindness. He says, do unto others as you'd want them to do unto you. Regardless if they do the way you like or not, we are supposed to do to them the way we would like to be done. I don't know about you, but it gets under my skin when somebody thinks that I'm doing something for the wrong motive. Have you ever done that? You know, you're doing something and then somebody else says, well, I think they're doing it for some other reason. Some other motive. And if I hear that, oh man, I don't want to extend mercy. And I'm even thinking in my own life, you know what? I'm still struggling with that. There are people in my life and things that have happened that I said, yes, I've had mercy and I've had grace on them, but have I truly gotten to the point where I say, I love mercy and Lord God, help me to love them and love them as I should? God, help me to work on it. And you know what that leads us to? Acting justly and loving mercy. How's that going to happen? How am I going to get that to happen? Because you know who's in the way a lot of times in acting justly and loving mercy? The only person who's in the way of it, Chuck Lee, is doing it. It's me. Myself. Because of the things that I'm still dealing with. The things that we are dealing with in our lives. So God, how am I going to get to the point to act just? How am I going to get to the point to love mercy like you love mercy? Lord God... He says in Micah, again in chapter 6, verse 8, to act justly and to love mercy. And Jamie, now walk humbly with your God. In humility. God, in myself, I cannot do it, Lord. Lord God, I need your grace, I need your mercy. But above all, Lord, help me to walk humbly before you. To admit that, Lord, that sometimes some things are difficult to do. But, Lord, if I walk with you, you have given me some promises. Some very precious promises that I should remember. Especially in the fact of the things that go on in our lives. If we look in James chapter 4, as we continue looking here and thinking about the book of James and this connection with Micah this morning... In James chapter 4, verse 7 through 10, it says this. Submit then yourselves to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Amen. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. We talked about tearing barriers down this week, uh, this weekend. And in our men's devotional, our boys' devotional, no, young men's devotional, however you want to say it, all of us, okay, that was in that room. We talked about this a little bit. We talked about why is it hard for us to talk to God about those things sometimes. And then we, all, we talked about not that, but how can we do it? And how can we start doing it? God, help me to come near to you so that you will come near to me. God, as it says here, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. You know what God wants from us? A sincere heart. He wants a sincere heart to say, hey, Lord, I have messed up. And man, how I need you. I've messed up, Lord, in my relationship with you, in my relationship with the others, and with the relationship with people in this world. And Lord God, I humbly come to you accepting my failures, my weaknesses. But I come to you, Lord, knowing that you will raise me up. Isn't it awesome to know that God is still working on us? God is still transforming us to be made in the image of His Son. Each and every day. It's a transformation that continues each and every day of our lives. And we can be humble to our Lord. As he says here, humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. Wow, Lord. When we really get to the end of it, it's not really about me at all, Lord. But it's all about you. If you look at Malachi uh, and Micah just beforehand, he says, is the Lord impressed with thousands of rams? With thousands of burnt offerings, we even talked about in our class this morning, is the Lord impressed with all of those things? No, if the heart is not right. Oh, but if the heart is right, the Lord loves each and every act that we do, each and everything that we do. May we humble ourselves before our Lord so that he may be exalted. And when you really get down to it about chapter 4, verses 7 through 10 of James, he's saying this, it's all about the Lord. It's all about God. And it's not only all about God, but if you go on just a little bit more in chapter 4, in verse 11, he says, Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against their brother or sister, judges them, speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but setting in judgment on it. And then he goes on to say in verse 13, Now listen to you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go and make money in this city. Spend a year there, carry on business and make a lot of money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. Who are you? A mist that appears for a little while, then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this and do that. So when we are walking humbly with our Lord, we're saying, Lord God, may your will be done in my life because of who you are, because you are God, and because I want your will to be accomplished in my life. Lord God, this morning... Those who are going to school, starting school, back up. Every day as you get ready to go to school, Lord, your will be done today. Those of you who are studying, preparing for other things in lives, Lord, may your will be done today. Those of you who are going to work tomorrow as your regular shift, Lord, may your will be done today. That helps us to walk humbly with our Lord, to remember his greatness and who he is. And you know what happens if we're able to act justly, to love mercy and walk humbly with our God? We can be confident that God will forgive us, that God loves us, and that we will be with him as his people of God for eternity. If you look in Micah chapter 7, verse 18 through 20, the last verses of Micah, he says these words to the people of God who continued faithful to him. Who is God like you? Just as Micah's name is. Who is God like you? Who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl our iniquities into the depths of the sea. You will be faithful to Jacob and show love to Abraham. And you pledged on oath to our ancestors in days long ago. Wow. God is faithful. Amen, brothers. God is faithful. If we continue in him, acting justly, walking humbly, loving mercy and walking humbly, we can know that God will make good on his promise. For as Paul said in Corinthians, All the promises of God in Christ Jesus are not yes and no. But all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes. Amen. Yes to eternal life. Yes to your sins be forgiven. Yes to a new life. Yes to living different. Yes to all the things and yes to the hope that we have in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You can bake on it. It will happen. Lord God, I thank you so much. That we can have you in our lives. We sang the song last week, years I spent in vanity and pride. Lord God, I don't want to live not another second in vanity or pride. This morning, if you have not given your life to the Lord, I want you to know that the Lord loves you. He loves you beyond measure. And he showed his love for us because he is a just God. And the, the just God says, for the wages of sin is death. But the God who loves mercy says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And if you walk with Jesus, if you accept the love of Jesus, you are allowed to walk humbly with him each and every day. And he will come and take us with him to our heavenly home forever. If you're not in Christ this morning, accept the love of Christ. Be baptized in the repent of your sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Receive the new life, the guarantee of what is coming in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And live that life each and every day. And when that happens, we'll be able to tear all the barriers down between us and God. Between us as brothers and sisters in Christ. And between us and the world if we continue to do exactly what God has done for us. Acting justly, loving mercy, and above all, walking humbly. And how does God walk humbly? Remember what we started off with in Micah chapter 5? The Savior of the world will be born in a big, huge place. But in a place that's not even a village. And it says here, what a clan. It says here, you Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah... Out of you will come from me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Wow. The God of the universe, Emmanuel, God with us, came into this world humbly in a small place in Bethlehem. In his life that he lived, acting justly, loving mercy and loving God the Father, Jesus said, you know what he said? Man, if you want to know the Father's love, look to me. All I do is say what the Father tells me to say. I love my Father. Wow. And Jesus said, go into the world and preach that message. If you're in Christ this morning and you're thinking, Lord God, lately I haven't been acting as just as I should or I haven't been loving mercy as I should and you need the prayers of this congregation. We want to pray for you. And you're saying, perhaps I've got some things going on in my life that I have not humbly given to the Lord yet and I need prayers for those things. We want to pray for you as well. But above all, brothers and sisters, this morning, I want us to go knowing that doing these things, we have hope of heaven. If you have any need, come as we stand and sing this morning.
1: We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area... We would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas, 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 930 a.m. for Bible class and 1030 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 630 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.